Welcome everyone to the Carolina Don Show from the Magnetico Creative Network. I'm Carolina Sin here with Jason the Don. This is our weekly free episode and sneak peek to the extended edition. We drop a show every week, so if you like what you're hearing, hit the like button and subscribe if you want to hear more. And if you really love and want to rock with us, we will drop a link to our Patreon, which will have extras once you become a part of the family, including the extended in-depth edition of this episode. So let's jump right on in and get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Carolina Don Show. My name is Jason, yeah, yeah, yeah. aka the Don. We got uh, Carolina Sin via phone. What's up, man? What's going on? Jen, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. We got Jen here, producer of the show. Hey, hey, that's her. That's her tag. Hey, hey, and. Uh, so we got Sin on the on the phone. The quality sounds pretty good. We're testing out this uh, phone option that we have to do some call-in interviews and seeing what the quality sounds like. And we're a day late, so we're just letting everybody know we did record yesterday. We record on Sundays, and our goal is to, to publish the episode on Sunday. may not hit every platform on Sunday, but by Monday it should be up. Uh, in most situations but we did record yesterday and yesterday's episode we tried to record the closest thing that we could to a patreon episode and next week's episode with the the uh, legendary theologe interview that's going to be a a type of patreon episode but we tried to give you the real uncut raw carolina don show and we did a really good job of it (laughs) Maybe too good, Sam. But yeah, we got all the way in. <laughs> we went all the way in. But it's part of the balance that we're working on. Um, you know, when we decided to do this, when I talked to Sin about doing this show, um, we are doing this show because we're doing something that we want to do. And it could have been real easy for us, Sin, to go into like a little niche market, right? If me and you did a show that was just um, just music based, we're only gonna you know review new music that's released, or we did a show on Netflix shows or Netflix movies, and we just broke down shows and did it. You know, we could have a lot more success than what we're trying to do now. Okay, so we don't want to do that. Like we don't want to we want to talk about things that interest us, sports, music, hot topics, anything that needs to be addressed. We're not boxing ourselves in. Correct. And there was a a thing I saw on Facebook yesterday. A guy asked me the name of our show and I told him, asked me what it was about. And I basically said music, sports, and anything that needs to be addressed. And his show was on things people talk about Things everybody has a take on, but nobody wants to talk about. So I'm going to check out his show. He's going to check out our show. But that it was a really interesting uh, premise that they have their show based on because that's basically what we're doing, right? We're we're going to touch on the things that other people. Everybody has a, a take on race, religion, politics, all this stuff. But when it comes to actually putting your thoughts and feelings and expressing yourself and putting it out there. It's something different. So that's the main reason why 
the, you know, the Carolina Don show is talking about the Patreon from the first episode, because we are going to, excuse me, we're going to be on Patreon, not just for the, the money aspect of it. Cause we haven't even thought yet about what to charge. It's not going to be a lot, but in order to get our true feelings on things, we just want to have that structure there because what did we talk about the first couple episodes, cancel culture and, and this, that, the other, and we're going to touch on some of that today. And because of it's, there's no such thing saying as, as freedom of speech, right? There's a, there's a saying, there's a saying, there's freedom of speech. You just have to be willing to deal with the consequences of the freedom of speech. So, so we want to be able to say what we want to say, no matter what. And we just kind of feel like the Patreon for us is the way to do it. Now we are going to put out a show every week and it's going to be good content and fun, you know, comedy in it. And, and we want to engage with everybody that's listening. And we talked about that yesterday. Thank you to everybody out there who's been listening to us, giving us feedback, giving us topics to talk about. We need you and we appreciate your support and keep rocking with us because we're going to keep doing our thing. And uh, so with that being said, you ready to jump into it? I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, before we start, if we have any problems, I think I said that already, but if we have any problems, you know, Thursday would be the latest that we would put out an episode unless we told you beforehand that we have a best of or you know, a vault episode we're going to release because there's a vacation planned or something like that. But for the most part, at least one, we're even talking about hopping on and doing a bonus episode from time to time. But um, Sunday, Monday, no later than Thursday, you should see the Carolina Dawn show out there. So let's get let's get going. Saying you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. First topic. Halftime Super Bowl show. Halftime performance between J Lo and Shakira. First thoughts. Man, it was just that was such a was such a beautiful sight. Oh my goodness. There's just, there's just some things that are just amazing. It was wonderful. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every every second of it. And um did you either of you by chance see the guy who is suing or he's looking to sue the NFL. I think it's six hundred and eighty-seven million dollars or something like that. For the what? what? Yeah, I can't play it at the moment, and and this is part of why we're doing this. And you guys are on this journey with us. So the board that we have has the capability of doing Bluetooth and phone calls. I haven't figured out the phone call part yet, so I'm running seneca through the bluetooth so i can't play my video that i have ready to go on that but yes this guy jen's looking it up he is suing the nfl for what is the amount six uh, okay so it's a pastor he yeah that's the video i watched no. for trillions that said everything i needed to hear right there this guy everybody out there go find this story and watch this guy he is for trillions he's sitting in his vehicle with a, a cross hat on and he's telling everybody basically that it was it was pandering to porno. What? And that those two women with a lot of crotch shots 
shaken on stripper poles was nothing more than promoting porn and stripping and that there was no, he's suing the NFL because it was streamed into his living room and his kids were subject to see it. And there was no disclaimer. There was no warning. The NFL, CBS, whatever channel, Pepsi, nobody gave a warning that it was going to be basically a porno that the kids were going to watch. And does it, does it, Anybody care about the kids anymore? That was his take on it. What? Yeah, so, so. it says here he wants to sue the NFL for $867 trillion. <laughs> What? How, how did he come up with that number? Six hundred. Did you say trillion? Trillion. With a T? With a T. T-R-I. Oh, That's asinine. Oh, yeah, I see it. I see it now. So, so I tried to bring a little so, different, so then, different take so, on this from I'm, yesterday, all right? So we didn't touch on this yesterday. So what, is, what, so, do you, what do you think when you hear that? Well, one, so I don't even know if y'all, if y'all knew or not, right? But uh, before I moved back here, like I was in school getting my paralegal degree, so I was taking some law classes and stuff. So my first reaction is that this is just nonsense and frivolous. And I go to like, so why are you not suing all the other things that are on TV? that are similar, if not worse. Right. Right. Like, so my, my first in, initial reaction is that there is no merit to this legally. Right. And then, and then I'm just like, it's, I, it's just pure, pure stupid. He's getting his little 15 seconds in, in the light. And he's just, uh, this is what they talk about when they talk about uh, clout chasing. Yeah. Right here, this is this is the epitome of it. So, well, he says here, if you don't mind me interjecting, it says, "quote unquote." Were there any warnings that your twelve-year-old son, whose hormones are getting ready, just starting to operate, were there any warnings that he was going to what he that what he was going to see might cause him to get sexually excited? <laughs> and then he goes on to say, um, he said he also said the performance put him in quote. In danger of hellfire, unquote. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you have to go. Everybody has to go watch the video of this guy. I got to speak to this guy real quick because this is something saying that that bothers me. Don't you sit and do a video with the cross on your head and, and quote the Bible on a matter like this. He actually said in this video, if you go back and listen to it, that how can we do this to our kids? We got to protect our kids. You don't give two right. dams about the kids. If you gave Not a kid about kids, you wouldn't be making a video about Shakira and J-Lo and their halftime performance. You would care about the kids that walk home from school in Chicago that have to carry a gun with them because it's the neighborhoods they live in. Those are the kids that you need to care about. This guy making a video and standing behind as a pastor and standing behind the Bible and trying to quote Bible things on it, to me, is wrong. 100%. Yeah. And he kept saying, well, people will say, well, coach, you could just turn the TV off. Yeah, you could turn the TV off. And guess what? I'm 42-year-old man. Every single Super Bowl halftime show that I can remember, whether it be man or woman, has had some sort of element of sex in it. Period. Am I right. wrong on that? No, nah, I don't disagree. 
I mean, I mean, even if even if the primary performer was not the one doing it, they had dancers, yeah, dancers and people they, in costumes and stuff and like that. It's the it's the most ridiculous thing, and maybe it's his like you said he, he's clout chasing and trying to get his moment, and he got seen. We're talking about him now, but for, to me, and, and we'll get into this on other episodes, you know, religion and. And what uh, spiritually, what God means to me and stuff like that. But for somebody to stand behind and use God and the Bible to try to get this message across that the halftime show, this halftime show, right? This right. one, yeah, you should be here. This wasn't this wasn't Miley Cyrus and uh, Meg The Stallion. Excuse me. <laughs> Like, right gosh. this wasn't meg the stallion <laughs> up there this wasn't the city girls this wasn't the hot boys hold this... on hold on hold on hold on, hold on. but because that that seems like all right so i get that they're they at least at least subject matter of of their songs maybe or or maybe my i get that they like to push the envelope but that almost sounds like we slut shaming them like i don't even think that like if it had been them, like this is just the way he's going about it is completely incorrect. Like I was reading as you, you were talking, he said something like, "What about the the parents of children who weren't there in the living room with them to turn the channel?" Yeah, like you've got a resp- bigger issue if that's your case. You, you know what I'm saying? You're because, responsible for your children. Mm-hmm. If you don't want them right. watching it, then don't watch the halftime show. And I mean, what, what is it, like 9.30? He was saying, uh, you know, we're here to watch a football game. We're not we're watching uh, hip thrusting. And, and, oh, like, yeah. and you knew. Crotch shots. That's why I watched. And so, <laughs> and here's the other part of it. Here's, here's the other part where he said, he said, like, he didn't, his biggest problem was with the NFL not giving any kind of warning. They, they have been advertising that J Lo and Shakira were going to do the halftime show. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they they at that point at that point you know because I mean one of Shakira's biggest hits is "My Hips Don't Lie," <laughs> and she's she's known for her for belly dancing and everything else. And J Lo just did a movie about strippers. So that's your, I mean, that's your warning is them telling you who it is. It's not like, it's not like you don't know the kind of content and material that they put out. Right. And, and the other part of it is like, I'm sitting here questioning myself as a father because my son, we talked about it on the Jason and Cole podcast that you were on. (laughs) My son wanted to go to the bigger TV so he could watch it. He needed to see this. Up close and impersonal. And I'm happy about it. I'm like, yes, that's what I want to, son. Right. You know what? Me as a as a woman, I was glued to the TV. I give mad props. She is fifty and forty three, those ladies. Ninety three year old look combined. Amazing. Age. And all these women out there, and we're gonna get off this pastor right now because he got enough shine. Yeah, don't give him any more cred. All the women out there saying that are talking about this, well, he said it too. It was a, it was like a strip, it was like a strip club environment, and her coming down the pole. Well, first of all, you uh, so, 
ignorant, so, uh, um, non-educated person. She just had a movie I mean, released a, with a stripper. Like the whole theme behind the movie that she just released was a stripper right, thing. Right. So she so, obviously had. This, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. There, there was a time in my life where I I used to partake in certain uh, uh, club environments, and um, <laughs> I, I mean I didn't think stripper at all when I watched I it. No, to be I, honest with I, you, yeah, I have to agree. So maybe there. he is a pastor. Maybe he right. hasn't been in the strip club <laughs> too much. Right. The, all I, I gotta say get, is haters gonna hate. I did not get strip club out of that. I didn't either. I thought it yeah, was. That, yeah. I saw her going down the pole. Done. And, and that's gonna, hard. I'm going to say this. That's hard to this, do. This isn't going to be a popular statement from some people, for some people. But a woman, any woman that, I, w- I would think if any woman was being honest, the stripper pole was a sign of like power and like sexiness. And like, it's almost like a, not the opposite of kryptonite, the Superman, like, would you agree, Jen? Like that pole, like her being able to come down that pole at fifty years old and hold on to that pole, and and just to be able to do it at fifty years old. Listen, right? I if I if you caught me trying to do that up there, I would look like I was having a seizure. Seizure. Jen, when when when. I mean, when, I agree. I think half the people are going to agree with you. There's there's another half that is just. That, that are just absolutely against that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? My biggest cool. thing is not, listen, the, the the people being mad about about how good they looked and, and that they were dancing and it was provocative. Like, I knew, I uh, part of me knew that was coming regardless. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take that off. I want to talk about the, the ignorant-ass shit about, oh, my God, look at, why they got a Cuban flag up there? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like this shit had me the people who were spazzing out because the Puerto Rican and American flag that she had um, and they were calling it the Cuban flag that was just some of the most ignorant, ignorant. you just saw some real ignorant shit come out about this Yeah, agreed 100% agreed and, and it's the, they just kept sharing it and sharing it and sharing it without doing the research, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, it, I, I can't really speak on it too much more. I hope they do the show next year. The, like, I, I hope they was, go on tour. I'll go see them. There was a, there was a bigger message, though. The, the children oh, in the yeah. cages, the Puerto Rican flag. And I didn't even notice that shit. Yeah, I don't I know if I'm just... It. I didn't even know this a lot of it. Like, yeah. Maybe I was too mesmerized by the porno that was going on, apparently. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, and and that's the thing. Like, if you think back to, um, didn't Madonna do the Super Bowl not too long ago? And she like, was and, provocatively yeah, like, dan- uh, dressed. And then Janet Jackson with the debacle of the wardrobe malfunction. Last year, the Maroon 5 guy took his shirt off. Yeah, like, like what like the every, heck? Prince, even Michael Jackson thrusting the dam where he used to put his hand on his hip and doing the little yeah. the thrust. It that that's right. part of uh, music and entertainment. You're gonna have that, Mister Christian Pastor. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I agree that we need to be looking out for our kids, and we need to. And 
if you want to say that the devil came into that performance or what, that's like you have, I'm you're entitled to your opinion. I have no problem with that, but don't use the Bible and the cross on your head and do a video and try to say that we don't care about our kids when it's clear that you making a video and making about this, you don't really care about the kids, sir. Right. That's my take. Right, on it. Yeah. His, his motives don't seem pure. Like, so let, and, and I want to be clear too, because I, we, I feel like we probably both do. You let me know. I mean, we have the majority of our friends are probably Christian. Right. And so, and I know that I see in the media a lot where there's this, a lot of Christians feel like the church is always being attacked now and stuff like this. I'm not saying that if you have those, if you are a Christian and you're following those super wholesome beliefs that, that that show was not what that, that that show was not what you probably want your children watching. I 1000% understand that. Like you said, I think the issue is is that this would be an example of where people are like, don't try and force your beliefs down our throat, though, right? Like, because you you had an option to just not watch it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that I'm not saying that morally that anybody is any more right or wrong about the show and what depending on what you believe. But this is a perfect example of, you know, like you said, like you just turn the channel, you're he's taking an opportunity. And I think he's using Christianity as a cover to try and get some fame off of it. I'm not okay with that at all, at all. But so. you're okay with if they disagree with it, then they can have, you, you can know, their have your opinion. Turn, you can, can have your view, all that, all that. And I would have been okay with his video and his lawsuit. If he wasn't wearing the hat and wanted to quote the Bible, but, but you're making it about a religion and trying to lump everybody that is a Christian and feels that way in with that. And I, I have a problem with that. Because to make a statement like, do we care about our kids anymore? We're just going to subject them to this. But it's okay to subject kids walking home from schools in bad environments where they have to carry guns to feel protected. That's okay. Right. But this. I mean, my thing is this. He got he, he got to sue with every public television network, every cable network. You know what I'm saying? Because you can just turn on any channel and see and see that kind of stuff. So, like, why are you not suing the M, the MTV Music Awards or whatever else? Like, yeah. you yeah. could have not been in the living room then when your kid was turning on the TV. You know, and, and to be honest with you, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but their, their outfits were not that provocative. Mm-mm. I mean, their butts were covered. Half of J-Lo's legs were co- covered. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I've seen worse. Like you she, said, Sen, on... Um, no, like, on, think about this. She was shared the stage with her daughter. I know. That's awesome. Right. right. Mm-hmm. She shared the stage I with her daughter. Too. She's, yeah. She's a 50 year old woman that shared the stage as a Puerto Rican Latina. Right. Shouts out to all the Latinas because I've heard some interviews with some Latina women 
And sometimes as different races and cultures and everything, you lose perspective of what that meant to Latino women. Right? My thing is this. I don't care if they were walking around half naked. That's not even the point. Like, the point is that he didn't have to watch it. Like, right. But we're, but we're, but we're talking about, like, <clears throat> like let's think back to the, the past Super Bowl performances. Okay? Predominantly white. Okay? Predominantly white music. Then all of a sudden, hip-hop starts to come into it. Because that's the popular thing, hip-hop. That's what everybody wants, the hip-hop artists. So hip-hop artists start coming in. So what does the NFL do? They mix in some white people with the, the hip-hop people and give you like a little combo, you know, combo show. It's great. It's good. Whatever. For Shakira, a Colombian woman, and Jennifer Lopez, a Puerto Rican woman, to share the stage... And let's be clear, before they shared the stage, everybody wanted to say, oh, there's beef between Shakira and J-Lo, and J-Lo's not happy Shakira's there. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, they always try to pit women yeah, against each always, other. They like, try to like pit Nick, them against like each Nikki other. Like Nicki and Cardi. Right. What I saw was two women, pictures of pre, uh, like the little, you know, the practice, the, the, what do they call it, rehearsal. I saw them hugging each other. I saw them hug each other on the stage during the Super Bowl. I saw two powerful Latino women who were proud to be doing what they were doing and sending the message that they were sending, whether it be to Latino women, white women, black women, whatever it be, be that was a, a, a woman moment. And for people to take it and make it about something that they could perceive negative, to get whatever out of it is just absolutely ridiculous. The world we live in now, man. That's it. Like everything I, t- I talk about all the time, you can post some pictures of some puppies and some babies, right? And somebody's going to have some shit to say, like, why are there not more black babies in there? Or, or, or why is the, why is the white baby wearing this? So, well, why are there not kittens in there? Why is it only puppies, right? Like, people go have shit to say about anything. Yep. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in, like you said, and there's not much we can do about it. And then that brings me to the next topic that was going on at the Super Bowl. Um, so Jay-Z and Beyonce were in a luxury box with a bunch of white people. Let me make sure I make that clear. There's a bunch of white people in that box with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Seneca, I didn't know this until the next day. Was it even a luxury box? I didn't even, I thought they were just in the stands. I mean, they were definitely in a a boxed area. They, it was overlooking the stands. So it wasn't like they were behind a glass thing. It was kind of like right. the concourse level. Maybe a, a, a more private section. Yeah, maybe where people couldn't get at them. Well, there was a champagne blast. So. Excuse me. But <laughs> the point is, after the fact, I found out that, oh, it's a story that Jay-Z and Beyonce were sitting during the halftime show. Now, before I, you get you give your take on it, let me preface it by saying Jay-Z came out and said publicly, hey, Debbie Lovato is my artist. I talked to her in doing this Super Bowl. 
me and B were in work mode at the time, making sure that, you know, the sound came on, that her mic was hot, all that, this, that, the other. That was his take. I would never um, do a protest and have my daughter part of it. Beyonce ain't said anything. There is speculation on both sides that Jay-Z and Beyonce were doing it to make a statement, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, for me, I don't care. I am American. Colin Kaepernick had the right to take a knee. He also had the right to handle whatever came from it. Right? Just like uh, what we were talking about earlier with the freedom of speech. It's not freedom of speech. It's as it, You have freedom of speech to say whatever you want to say, yes, but you got to deal with the consequences that come with what you say. You also have to deal with the consequences of your actions. Colin Kaepernick, you live in a country where you peacefully protested. You made a statement. I didn't support it in the in the fact because I was tired of seeing it, but I supported what he was doing and making it about police brutality, something that needed to be talked about in this country. At the end of the day, I think it was talked about. I think we've we're 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 a lot further along right now today in 2020 than we were prior to Kaepernick taking the knee. Would you agree with that, Seneca? Like as far as the NFL relations and police relations, like we're in a better place today than we were before the protest. Absolutely. Okay. So what he did meant something. So for me, I don't care one way or the other if that was what Kaepernick did and it sparked conversation and we're making some changes for the best and Kaepernick lost his career because of it. I don't agree with that. But if that's what it costs for 50 years from now for us, for whoever's podcasting then to be talking about a totally different situation, then I support that and I'm for it. If Jay-Z and Beyonce were sitting because they wanted to sit and protest, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care why all the other white people were sitting at the same time. I don't care why you were sitting at your house during the national anthem. I don't care. We live in America. People fight for those freedoms and the rights to protest peacefully. And the story for me. So what's your take on that? Not me. I agree with you 100%. I mean... You know, there were there were other people sitting. Nobody had anything to say about that. Um, it, the, the the issue was, I mean, they weren't they weren't trying to make a statement, so it's really a non-story. It's just people again always having something to say, right? And I hate that. Why why is it that we live in a society? This is the best society to live in for what me and you are trying to do and have things to talk about because it's it's just going to be. You know, the Oscars just happened. I don't know much about the Oscars, but there's always something for us to talk about because there's always going to be... We're never going to run out of topics. That's we're never, sure. ever going to run out of topics because there's always something going on and it's going to... People have these takes. It's like, no matter what happens, people have to have something to say negative about it. Just to come out and say, blah, blah, blah. And it gets old for me. I mean, but I kind of enjoy just talking and laughing about it. But at the end of the day, sometimes I sit back and go, damn. 
are we any further along than we were 50 years ago when it comes to certain things? You know? How do you how do you feel about that? I mean, I definitely think we're we're further along. I just uh, just pe- people are just so aggravated. Like it's just I I mean I don't I don't even know. I mean, we're definitely. I do think that the protests had they they had the effect that that they that they were going for. I mean, I think they worked. The NFL is doing more as far as trying to put money into things to help the black community and things of that nature. Um, I mean, we definitely are further along than we were years ago. So, I mean, I think it's, I think. Yeah. I, I think it worked. No, the Kaepernick thing definitely worked. The, um, the commercial that I made reference to yesterday when we were recording um, that the NFL did, and I think it was with Anquan Bolden. It was a commercial during the Super Bowl. And it had to do with, I hate to, if I mess this up, but basically. His I brother saw, getting shot. Yeah. Was it his brother? Was it actually his brother? Yeah. Okay. So his brother yeah. got shot. Jen, his brother gets shot. And. The commercial basically was like his brother was, I don't know if he was broke down or something, but an unmarked car, undressed officer came up to the scene. It didn't say exactly what happened between the two people, but the cop ended up shooting Anquan Bolden's brother. So Anquan Bolden plays for the Ravens, I believe. And in the well, he's retired he's now. Retired. I think. He's retired. He's yeah. retired. So in the the video of the commercial, he talks about you know it shows footage of the dad and making comments of why is my son gone, and he talks about getting the phone call and finding out that his brother was killed, and basically he's working on fixing the problem, and that his brother's death didn't go in vain. Shouts oh, out to Anquan Bolden. Absolutely, absolutely. The the Anquan Bolden has won the NFL's Man of the Year before in the past and stuff. Like he does, he is the epitome of of what we should be doing to try and help men this this broken in between between the two sides. You know what I mean? Right. So on another. Patreon episode and remind me to, to share with you um, something I wrote a couple chapters on what I thought the NFL and this was in real time right when the Kaepernick stuff was happening I wrote this stuff of what I thought the NFL should do and what I thought the NFL should do at that time was basically what I got out of the Anquan Bolden video the commercial right so shouts out to Anquan Bolden Shouts out to the NFL and shouts out to Jay-Z who took a lot of what I consider negative backlash from the black community on stepping in and trying to be somewhat of a mediator, whatever you want to call what Jay-Z's doing with the NFL. I know there's a lot of, you know, back and forth with if it's good or bad, but from the outside looking in, as long as I see improvement and growth and stuff like that, then 
even though I wish it was somebody different, what Colin Kaepernick did, I support. Like, I think it's a good thing. Like, I wish it was somebody different. I have to keep saying that because I wish Colin Kaepernick spoke more of his own words and it was out in front of this whole thing. But I like the fact that I see change and I like the fact that I see things going in a better direction. We don't have to point out every single thing that happens. So Tommy Lauren, if you're listening, which you're not, but she will get added when this episode drops. Like, hey, I get your statement on the privilege that Jay-Z and Beyonce has as black entertainers in America. And if they don't like this country to get out and all that. But at the end of the day, Tommy Lauren, you're missing the, the bigger picture of it. And Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're on some good energy. Like their energy that I see from Jay-Z and Beyonce is not the same energy I see from Diddy. So let's not get it twisted. I, I respect what Jay-Z is trying to do. And Colin Kaepernick, I don't think it went for naught. You lost your career, but you're going to be good. And I hope I see some changes as we move forward. And uh, Cole's already got me watching the Bucks. You know that soon. So. <laughs> it, I, I, I have to say something real quick. Oh, um, boy. Because I, I see both sides, completely see both sides. I see where people say, you know, you're getting paid a lot of money, you're on your job. That wasn't the right platform. Anquan Bolden, he paid to have a commercial done. You know what I'm saying? He's a former NFL. I, I kind of see both sides. I'm just saying. Like, see, I, don't I understand like that. Anquan Bolden paid for that. I think the NFL paid for that commercial. That's why I was giving the NFL some props. Well, we don't know that. Though. I don't know that we for sure. We don't know that. But I'm pretty sure Anquan Bolden probably had some sort of, and that's why know, I shouted him out too. Investment in it, not just personally and and emotionally, but I just I see like I don't know. I just see, I understand where you know you're at your job, a high paying, celebrity type job. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. You should be. Doing it on a separate platform. But if he's, if, so to go off of what you're saying, agree. There's, there's that stance of it, mm-hmm. of maybe you shouldn't be doing that. I can't do that at my job. But the fact of it is going back on, you have to be, whatever you say, whatever you do, whatever actions that you take, you have to be able to justify them. And you have to also deal with the consequences. And if let's just say we assume that he knew going into it, if this became a big deal, if like Seneca said yesterday, if somebody would have picked up on the fact week one, like he was doing this for weeks before, wasn't right. so the media picked up on it. I feel like he had to have, he had to know that where we're at today was a possibility. And if he knew that in his heart, and he said, you know what? I'm okay with that. It's a risk I'm willing it's, to take. Um, it's worth taking, right? Which I, which I can respect. Yeah, completely. I respect that 100% because if somebody told me, hey, if you just go to work every day, right, and you just tell everybody at work that you're not doing anything anymore, I don't care what you tell me to do. I ain't doing it. And if you do that, 
and they fire you, your kids will be good for the rest of their life. They won't need for nothing. You think I would go to work and do anything they told me? I'm going to take that and say, nope, I'm going to go to work. I ain't doing a damn thing. And they're going to fire me. And at the end of it, I'm going to be all right because I'm going to figure it out. But I know four kids are going to be good. They don't have to worry about nothing. So I knew the consequences going in, right? I knew the what could play out. If he knew going into it, I may lose my NFL career, but at the end of the day, Anquan Bolden's going to do this and such and such is going to do this and the NFL is going to do this and Jay-Z is going to do this. And 50 years from now, people are going to look back at me and go, I'm the reason. Then I, I salute that 100%. Like I said, I see both sides. I definitely do. Seneca, your take? To wrap this up. Yeah, I'm just listening to y'all. I'm just listening to y'all talk about it. I mean, I got a lot to say about it. I feel like it's it's for a different episode, maybe. I don't know. Patreon. Patreon. So the next topic for today is Gail and the backlash. So what do you think about Gail's backlash that she's got? I mean, I think it's warranted. I think the way she did it, I think, I think as a media person, which is, I guess that's what she is now. Like she's like, she does interviews and things like that. Uh, I don't know too much about her background. I don't know if that's what she always did or not. I just kind of knew of her as Oprah's best friend, but as a person who's going to do an interview, I think she needed to broach the subject. I just don't, I don't think she did it. I think hindsight is always 2020. I think if she had it to do over, she would do it differently. Um, I heard Gail since yesterday uh, on a message that she put on her Instagram say that she, if, if, if she was everybody else and only heard what they heard, that she would be as upset as everybody else. Gail, Gail, Gail. Probably shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have done that. Just shoot Gail some bail. Gail said it to one of Kobe's friends. She knew the answer that was going to be given by one of Kobe's friends. Did she push it too far and go, well, she asked the question, should we even be talking about this? And then gave Kobe's friend the opportunity to go, no, we shouldn't be talking about this. And they kept pushing. It was wrong. It was wrong for what Ari Shafir did in a totally different way. 100% Ari should have never done what Ari did. I mean, the only reason, and it's not popular, like, I don't think she was wrong to bring it up because so many people are talking about it. Right. Like I, like I said, I just think that she, she maybe could have went about it differently. And the way it was released and, and the spin was like, that's what the interview was about. Not that it was about, like, that's, that was like two minutes of a 45-minute of a interview. And the spin was put out to cause people to feel some kind of way about it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I think she just should have went about it differently. I'm going to give um, my take. And then that'll be it that I'm going to say on this. But I want you to, after I give my take, to give your take. And if you want to touch on my take, that's fine. Gail should not have said what she said. 
I, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I don't understand, and you did a good job of explaining on um, why black people were upset about going after her own. And I get that because Kobe's not here to defend himself. And you had all this time right. to go after Kobe if you wanted to. So I'm 100%. Right. You could have sat down with Kobe and interviewed Kobe. About correct. It. Correct. So I'm 100% on board with that. I have two issues. Number one issue that I have is, and Uncle Snoop, I love you, but I got both of these off your page. So you're going to get the brunt of it for me. You being a ex, uh, well, not even ex, but I mean, you basically, you represent gang culture, calling another black female, uh, whatever headed bitch that he called her and saying, be careful, we're going to come for you. I don't think that's right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't support that. I don't, Gail is a journalist. She's a black female in this country and she's gotten, I mean, she's gotten to where she's gotten. I think a lot because of her friend Oprah. I don't think anybody would disagree with me on that. Now, I don't think he said they're coming for her. No, did he? No, I think he said no, we're watching you. No, no, go back and listen. He said we're coming for you. We'll come for you. And then yeah. after that, uh, on Snoop Dogg's page, the other issue that I have is trying to compare the situation there with get so I forget the guy's name. I've seen him on the Breakfast Club before, and I don't even want. I don't know who he is, but he is, uh, again, you can go find it on Snoop Dogg's Instagram page, but he's been on the breakfast club. Somebody similar to like a doctor, um, Dr. Ehrman, I think it is, but I don't, I don't think it's Dr. Ehrman, but, and I don't even know if that's the right person, but a real person, but I've, I've heard this individual that's on Snoop Dogg's Instagram page before on the breakfast club. He said that Oprah and Gail are doing nothing but being controlled by the white slave masters and basically said, fuck, it's fuck you Friday, Gail, and fuck you, bitch, basically. So when I, when I hear that and him trying to compare Oprah Winfrey and her friend Gail to and their bosses being the slave masters and all that that for me as a white person that rubs me the wrong way get you know gail and oprah forget gail oprah oprah's a goat oprah's a legend oprah is to black people to white people oprah is there's nothing else to say but to call her Oprah. She's Oprah. We can't attack Oprah. And when I say we, I'm saying we as everybody. You can't attack Oprah. Well, she ain't doing this to Harvey Weinstein. She ain't. Dog, does Harvey Weinstein give her an interview? He's on trial. Like, wait till Oprah interviews or Gail interviews Oprah to make the stands on what that he's not that she's not doing to white people the same that she's doing to black people and trying to tear black people down. 
And the fact that somebody is running a, um, I'm assuming that they're running the Twitter for Bill Cosby wants to tweet at 50 Cent and at Snoop Dogg about how they went at Oprah and Gail and it's about time and they're trying to tear black men down or what? No, anybody defending Bill Cosby or free R Kelly and trying to compare it to what Gail said about Kobe is the most ridiculous thing in the world to me. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Oprah Winfrey and Gail work. I said it yesterday. They work for CBS. They're rich, white. Yes, I agree 100% with all that. But we can't cancel Gail and Oprah because Gail made a mistake as a black woman. She made a mistake. Call her out for that, Uncle Snoop. Call her out for the mistake. Gail, you was wrong on that one, sister. I'm going to let that one go, but no, next time, no, no, no. We ain't having that. Kobe's a legend. Kobe's a goat. Kobe did good things. The lady would, the lady didn't testify because she knew what was going to come out about her. We hit on that on episode number one. So everybody out there, my take, and then we're going to let Seneca go on what, what he wants to say. Everybody out there, leave Gail alone. She made a mistake. She's already owned up to it. That whole single, that whole interview, go listen to that whole interview. And then if you listen to the whole entire interview, just like we were talking about Joe Rogan, go listen to the whole interview and then make your comment based off of it. Because CBS screwed Gail. Gail didn't do anything wrong. Gail should have maybe not asked a question, but they're taking a clip out of context and they're making it against Gail same thing that I'm worried about somebody doing about me on this podcast. Same exact thing. They're taking a clip and they're using it against her and taking it out of context. And all she did was had an interview with Kobe Bryant's friend. She could have interviewed anybody. She could have interviewed any single woman Kobe ever had a dealing with. She didn't do that. She interviewed Kobe Bryant's friend knowing what the answer was going to be and then getting killed for it by other black people. Like you said, though, like there's no freedom of speech. You got to know that what what you say could have consequences. So, I mean, I, I, I disagree. I've disagreed with a lot of what we've talked about today, but I've just, just been kind of biting my tongue. I just feel like, she could get canceled. I, I, I think she had to ask the question, which is un, which is unpopular with most black people. Most black people are like, she didn't need to go there. I think she had to. I just think she needed to be prepared for the consequences that were going to come with it, because they they absolutely can go after her. Like, I mean, the there's a lot of people. The feeling that you have about Oprah. In the black community, it's about split 50-50. There's, there's people that absolutely don't agree with that and and really believe because she caters her her demographic is not black people. Like for the Oprah show and everything like that, her demographic was, was it was like middle-aged white women or something like that. Like it her demographic was not black people. So there's a lot of black people that feel like that she, I, I hate when people talk about slave masters and stuff like those people, 
those type of, I don't know who the the person was you were talking about, but when you said that, I could see like four or five of these really aggressive, militant black, supposedly like preachers that say that kind of stuff. And they're just trying to, they're just triggering, trying to trigger people. Um, so I hate the whole slave master thing, but there is a lot in the black community that thinks she just caters to white people. Um, the, the Weinstein stuff and the other stuff. Um, yeah, I'm never going to defend Bill Cosby as a rapist. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to defend R. Kelly as a pedophile. Um, but like, there are people that just believe that that she panders to white people. Yeah. I mean, I get that. And I could see where people would think that for sure. But when you're on, when you're on a TV station, like Oprah Winfrey, like Gail, I mean, I guess if you're going to look at it that way, then everything is white. Your, your audience is white. Now, if you're going to look at it like that, then everything that um, Oprah does, Gail does on CBS, is predominantly white people watching and listening. Now, I don't, I don't consider that pandering. I mean, I get it. I just don't, I don't like the calling, calling them, bitches and it just doesn't it doesn't sit right with me i guess um especially because of the context you know we talked about it i think it was episode number one with the joe rogan thing like uh, we need to hear the whole thing first and and not yeah i do agree with that like if you listen to the whole interview you might not be taken aback by it the way when they just put out a, a 40 second clip, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's not like Gail went out and got the girl who was uh, accusing Kobe of rape or the girl's best friend that accused Kobe of rape. It's not like she went out and did that interview. She went out and did an interview with Kobe's best friend, but she kind of pressed too she much. Did she press went too, too much. far. Like she did. Maybe ask the question and then that's go. The, that's not the argument. I mean, I'm not making the argument that I'm defending her and that she didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying that I think that as a whole, it's a little too harsh because compared to what Ari did, I didn't see Snoo make a video about Ari. I didn't see Bill Bellamy make a, a video about Ari. So why are you going at a black female the way you're going at her? But not no, Ari. I just go to the whole thing. I was when you asked me about it yesterday. Why people, why black people have feel a kind of way when it's black people going after black people. Mm-hmm. I won't. They expected. They expected it from Ari. They didn't expect it from Gail. And, and that's the thing. And like I said, I can't speak on that as a white man. I will understand the argument of, well, you're, uh, you're our own. You shouldn't do that. Cause, cause when I look at it, like wrong is wrong. Now I don't see, we already touched on this on another episode. We've all agreed that we don't see where Kobe did anything wrong. Kobe was, a uh, you know, not, it didn't go to trial. 
we know enough about the story to know that there's a reason why she didn't want to get on the stand. And at the end of the day, Kobe was a big enough man to say, hey, I'm sorry. I messed up. I understand where she may feel like this went a little further, where she may have thought something that I didn't. I understand that. And he took care of the situation and he owned it like a true legend does, like a true goat does. So why it's being talked about now when he's not here any longer, that's not okay with me at all. Excuse me. But I just, I hate the hate, the hatred that's coming towards Gail. And again, I don't put Gail in the same category as Oprah. And I understand a lot of people may feel a way about Oprah, but once you get in that money and that, you, Oprah's not real to us. Oprah's just like every other rich person that we have no idea that can even imagine fathom being that rich. She's just like everybody else. So then it gets into the classism thing that you were talking about, which I, you know, is a, is a major problem. But next topic. Well, no, I don't want to go on to the next topic yet because you, you said something, Sam, that I want you to touch on. What are you um, biting your tongue about? I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I don't want, I feel like after, after yesterday, like, like, I just, I don't know. I feel like with the race stuff, I don't want to, I don't want to go all the way in because I don't want, I don't like. On the free episode. It got, un- it got uncomfortable. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I just feel I just don't want, I don't want anything to go too far. Well, you have to, if you're talking, well, that's why the Patreon is important because the Patreon, if somebody's paying to hear what we got to say, then, and that's what it's going to be. But that's where real change happens. When, you don't bite your no, tongue. I, I mean, I I one thousand percent agree, but I don't. I just don't. Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to compromise like the free the free show that we're gonna that we're gonna do. You know what I mean? So I'm just just kind of just holding back. <laughs> don't give it away for free. I get you. All right, the next topic. Can you explain to me why Eminem was at the Oscars yesterday? I mean, I know the reason why. I, I, they, he didn't go to the Oscars when he won the Oscar, and they. This was supposed to be the whole. Oh, it was for um, second for chance, like for lose yourself, right? When lose yourself won, you know, and then you know how the song starts. Like if you had one opportunity or one shot, that that, and this was supposed to be that whole. We, you know, we're giving him that shot that he missed back in, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was. They just didn't, they didn't, just like with most things we talk about, they didn't, they didn't express it the right way. Like, because everybody was confused and shit. So, like, what you just dropped a new album. Why are you performing at the Oscars some 12, 15 year old song? Yeah, that's uh, I didn't know anything about it. I've read it on my 
Google came across and said Eminem. Everybody's shocked, and it was showing me pictures of people shocked that Eminem came out. And then I saw that he was, did Lose Yourself, and I'm like, why did he do Lose Yourself? Like he's got a new album, and but uh, so that was the thing. He wasn't able to go back when it won, so he went and performed it now, basically. Right. So like, if they had came out and been like, "Oh, our next performer." didn't get an opportunity to to perform when they when they won an Oscar X amount of years ago, da da da. You know, what what would you do if you could have one more shot or something like that and then went into it? It would have made a little more sense and people would have understood. Okay. But they just flung it on people and nobody had a clue why he was doing that. Well, that's something I'm gonna do tonight before I go to bed, I'm gonna Go to YouTube and pull up the performance so I can watch it and see it in real time. But yeah, that was something that came across my timeline today. I was like, "What in the world? Yeah, Oscars? Eminem?" The other thing that came across me today that I got to pick your brain on before we get out of here is the NBA All Star selection. So, did you get a chance to look at that? Who the teams were? Yeah, I watched. I watched a little bit of the little, of the draft between LeBron and and Giannis and stuff and and man Giannis drafted drafted so like LeBron's got Anthony Davis, Kawhi, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook. Giannis tra- drafted like all. I mean, they're all all stars, are but they're they? not the superstars. Are they all all stars? Because that's—I mean—I don't um, know enough about like everybody you named off the West Coast. I pretty much kind of know they're all stars, but the East Coast guys, I don't know much about. And then what I heard today, mm-hmm. them talking well, about. Yeah. So, no, I'm just gonna say they had a—they did a draft, so like Giannis could have picked. James Harden and Westbrook and all of them, like he just didn't oh, do so it. It, it. Oh, so they could pick anybody in the league. It didn't matter if it was East Coast. No, or West no, Coast. no. So the All Star, so the All Stars get voted on, right? The the starters, like the the five starters from East and West, and then if I'm if I if I'm correct, the the league picks the the reserves. And they put all those names into so now you have the the twenty two names. Well, then LeBron is a captain, Giannis is a captain, and of those twenty two names that have been picked to be all stars, they go through and pick who they want on their team. Okay. And they held it live, so like LeBron went first and picked Anthony Davis. Giannis went first and picked Joel Embiid, like. He could have picked any of the like the the Damian Lillards or James Hardens and stuff like that. So it just ended up. It looks like LeBron drafted a stacked team. I really hope Giannis's team comes out and beats them. To tell you the truth, but I don't know what he was thinking when he was drafted. Everybody. So as the NBA um, expert on this show. What is I mean, what is your feeling on the way the NBA is doing the All Star game now? So 
I don't know. So the it's lost its luster of the past, right? Like being an NBA All Star was was a accolade that was worth more than it is now. Is how I feel. Like it used to mean something when you say, you know, Michael Jordan, twelve time All Star. Like that stuff meant something. Now. I don't think it, I don't think it means as much. These type of things that they're doing, like having picking captains and having them draft players from who who got voted in, is all as a result of people no longer even wanting to watch All Star Weekend. Yeah, like these are just things they're trying to come up with to to make it more interesting. So has the NBA so, never done like the MLB? Because I'm the MLB guy. Does, has the NBA n- not done where the MLB, and I think the MLB's even got out of this, where they used to, if you won the All-Star game, you got home field advantage for whichever team won the American League or National League. Does the, nah. Has the NBA never done nothing like that? Like whoever nah, wins the never, All-Star? That no, nah, they've never done that. That would be kind of, I when I I haven't watched the NBA honestly like religiously since Michael left. And then um I've always kind of followed the magic and then I'd follow the NBA in the playoffs. And then a kid from Barto is on the uh Utah Jazz now so I kind of follow him. But I think that when I heard that they were doing the the draft thing, I was kind of like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I think that would help the NBA if they did kind of the East Coast wins, the East Coast team gets the, the home field and home court advantage during the playoffs. I think that would be something that would spark a little more interest in the NBA All-Star game. What do you think? I, I do agree. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's bigger problems if you can't get your fans interested in the best of the best playing an exhibition game, like, I don't know. I don't know. I like what they're doing now because now it's not East versus West. Um, but you're right. There's, there's always been that. What do we put? We've got to put something. It's like, they don't have anything to play for. And that's what baseball was going for. And I think that, that that was major, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if they don't, you're wanting them to to play harder than like you want them to care about the game for the fans. Yeah, because it's not like baseball and basketball is like football. Like the Pro Bowl is the biggest joke, as far as I'm concerned, of an All Star game. They shouldn't even have the Pro Bowl. Yeah. They should just get nominated. To I the agree. Pro Bowl. If you want to have skills challenge and have people there for autograph sessions with fans, I'm for that. Right. But putting them out there in a game where they're supposed to go bang heads with each other is the most ridiculous thing ever. When it comes to baseball right. and basketball or even hockey, because I don't, you ain't a hockey fan, right? We, we don't, no, have to, not so much. Okay. No. We don't have to talk yeah. about hockey. So baseball and basketball, even soccer. Like putting all star teams together and playing an actual game or match, that's a, a real thing. That like, make them work. You're not really in much danger. Yeah, anything can happen at any given time in a basketball game. I'm not saying that. 
But come on, like Isaiah and Jordan and Barkley and Ewing, they didn't have problems playing hard in basketball game. So right. I like the you know, if the West I think excuse me, not being a a big NBA guy, but am I right in thinking that the reason why this came about was because the West was so dominant? The West was dominant, and it was like, it's not even fair if we played the West versus the East, so let's just mix it up. Is that why that happened? No, this was this was strictly from a standpoint of nobody is, like, there's nothing exciting about it. The games are just like 160 to to nothing. I mean, because more of the this was this is not the first year they've done this. Like like the East has been winning more of the championship. Like until you go back to like the the Kobe Shaq days and stuff like that. But no, this was just to draw. This was like why nobody would watch the actual All Star game. People would watch All-Star Weekend and watch the slam dunk contest and the three-point shootout, and they do skill challenges and stuff like that, too. But then the game would come on, and the game's uh, 167 to 142, and there's no defense being played, and there's nothing. So they're just trying to come up with ways to make it more entertaining. I, okay. So that makes a little sense. I'm learning a little bit about the NBA, but... I mean, I think back to NBA All-Star Games when Jordan was playing, and it's like... Oh, they were was, was playing for real. They, no, but they were high-scoring games, too. But it was like, if we're going to contest three-pointers, we're going to contest you driving to the hole, right. but if you got an easy dunk, you got a dunk. That was basically... Right. But there was defense right. they being... Weren't clipping people. There was they def- weren't clipping people and clotheslining them, but they were contested yes. and they were playing defense. There was bit. defense being played to a certain point. And I think that's... Jordan went up and blocked one of Shaq's shots right. one year. You know what I mean? So I think that's where the... I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong because I, I don't know enough about this, but... That's what it seems like to me is at some point the defense just stopped being played at all and it was high scoring games and the NBA's like, hey, we gotta we gotta come up with something different. So I mean yeah. I kind of respect the NBA for for trying something, but hey, try try making it where if the West Coast wins, the West Coast gets home advantage. That may Listen, yeah, give them something to play for. It never, it never since, and I like again. I think the MLB did away with it this year, but or last year, but when and it never came in for my team, the Mets. But believe me, when the when Major League Baseball made it a point that the home the team that won got home field advantage, I was diehard National League every single time. I watched. I didn't watch the All-Star game. I watched, okay, during those years, not a lot of Mets players made it, but when David Wright made it, and you know, he's up to bat, I'm going to watch David Wright. I tuned in from my Tell Mets. Tell me point. this. I've, I've always been told that home field advantage has the least impact in baseball compared to other, the other sports. Uh, I'll never agree with that. I'll I'll say but that. But you heard it, right? No, I've heard it. I'll say that the least impact that home field advantage has in any sport is football. 
Now, football doesn't no, go. Now, see, I completely, I completely disagree with that. No, that but no, but no, you have to listen to why I'm saying it, right? So the reason why I'm saying that is in football is usually just one game. We're gonna play one game. But that's why it's even more important. No, because in one game anything can happen. In a series, when you're playing, okay, you know, if you've got to play the Bulls, and it's a seven game series, and number one and two are in Chicago, we're gonna get one. That's guaranteed. Then we're going on the road. We're gonna get one. So we got two wins coming home. Now we, or no. Number, we're going to get one out of the two on the road, and then we're going to go home, and we're going to play three and four and five, or go on the road and play three, four, and five. We're going to get – I get what you – you're so talking you're about as far as home. quantity. Correct. Right. You're Correct. talking about as far as quantity. Correct. Statistics has proven that home field advantage means the most in football than it does in any other sport. Like, like as far as impact and importance. Because and the, the, it could be argued – the vice versa as well. Like if you only have one game, then that's why it's more significant to have that be a home game than a than a road game. And then the numbers that support the teams that play at home and stuff like that. Um, but I think I think that's maybe that's maybe that was what played into it. Is that whether it's true or not? Maybe they feel like in basketball that home field or home court advantage is more important than it is in baseball. Well, did they change the the um the format of home court and basketball? Cuz back when Jordan played, it was one and two was that so if you were home court, if you had the advantage, it was one and two was at home, 3 4 and 5 was on the road, 6 and 7 was at home. So that's important to bring up here. Because if that's the structure of it, then home court advantage is the most important thing. It doesn't matter what the sport, as far as I'm concerned. If six and seven is at home, then now if they've changed it, I think you're the NBA guys, so tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like after Jordan and the Kobe era, it kind of changed at some point, right? Where it wasn't six and seven, it was like six and then seven. Like six was at the away, and then you got seven at home if you had the advantage. Am I wrong? Right. It's like it's like two two, and then one one one. Okay. So the in the NBA, it's a little different. Then I, I'm always going to go with home field advantage is 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 a bigger is important to have. It may not be the end all be all. But if the, if the all-star game was based off of home field advantage, I would think that if you're the fan of an Orlando Magic team and they're in the playoff hunt and you're an East Coast or East Coast team, you're going to root for the East Coast and the all-star because you want sure. a home court advantage. And I think that makes the NBA all-star game more important, more than two stars picking teams. And then because I was shocked today when I heard it. Everybody talking about how dominant the LeBron team was to the other team. And I'm like, now, is that how they want it? Like, is this a bigger thing? Because the people that were explaining it when I was listening to it is almost like 
there's no way in the world it should be this way. No, I agree. And and that's why, like, people had no idea. Like, people don't know, did Giannis actually do this on his own? Or was this, like you said, was this influenced by somebody else to have it, to have them drafted this way? You know what I mean? Because, you know, things like that, we don't know. We'd like to think this was just an innocent two guys just standing on the playground all right, I'm a captain, you're a captain, and we, they just started picking guys they liked or whatever. But, I mean, well, I am God, glad. I mean. You, yeah, you taught me today that, because I didn't know this earlier today, that basically, so the fans vote, right, on the All-Stars? So, right. So just like MLB. So the fans voted on the All-Stars. Then from what the fans voted on, the two captains picked. See, I didn't even know that this morning when I heard this. I'm just like, these guys that he was naming that were on the the All-Star team, I'm like, are they even All-Stars? Like, does this guy just get to pick all his friends? Like, I I didn't even know enough. Right. So I'm glad I got to learn a little bit today about it. But for nothing, if nothing else, I'm going to watch the All-Star game now just because I know a little about it. So I guess they're doing something right. I want to watch it just to see if the team that, I mean, look, none of these guys are scrubs, but like if you compare the two teams, one team looks like a scrub compared to the other team. I'd love to see, I'm an underdog fan, so I'd love to see Giannis's team beat LeBron's team. When is uh, the All-Star game? Oh man, I don't even know what day. Uh, oh, Valentine's weekend in Chicago. So this weekend, like the sixteenth. Oh yeah, it's just coming up. Right. Theologians interview day. All right, so maybe we'll have to uh, touch on it. Either that episode or come out with a special episode that week and touch on the All Star game. So, anything else you want to hit on? Before we get out of here on this episode, take two is what we're going to no, call man. it. Episode, I'm good. episode take two. All right, everybody. Thank <laughs> you for listening. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Carolina Don show. I am uh, the Don is Carolina sin producer, Jen, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Right on.